mountains are still being moved. Hello, and welcome to Raising the Standard with Pastor Owen Moody of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. You're invited to join us each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an anointed full-length message from Pastor Moody. After the message, we'll be back to let you know how you can contact us. On this podcast, Pastor Moody brings us a message entitled, Life's Greatest Discovery. His scripture text will be taken from the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 22 through 28. Here now, Pastor Moody. Acts 17, verse 22. The Bible said, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For I passed by, as I passed by, I beheld your devotions and found an altar with this inscription in capital letters to the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly, or you, the word ignorant, is, it's not really a word of demeaning or, or putting anybody down. It just means you don't know what you're doing. You're doing it without knowledge. And he said, you, whom they, you therefore ignorantly worship him, I declare to you, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he gives to, to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Let me explain that. That, mean, that means God knows where you'll live, how long you'll live, who you are, and when you're going to die. That's exactly what it means. That they should seek the Lord, if happily or by chance they might feel after him, and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Father, thank you for the word of God. Thank you for your anointing. Let your power come down and touch us today. Set the captives free. Let somebody find out who the unknown God is. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You be seated. I want to preach for a little while this morning on a thought of life's greatest discovery. Life's greatest discovery. How many of you have ever discovered something that was a real joy to you? I mean, it might have been the new cookout grill restaurant up here or, or the firehouse subs or, or a steakhouse or something. Seriously, you found something that has changed your life. It was a discovery. You came upon something you didn't know. I remember in 1995 uh, being on a bus in Athens, Greece with my bride it was a rainy day. We were on a tour to the Holy Land. We spent two days in Greece. It was an amazing thing. We saw all the Acropolis and all the ruins of ancient Athens. Uh, we stayed in a hotel called the Divani Palace. It had marble floors and walls and gold fixtures and the, the, the restaurant. It was just amazing. I was just wowed by all of it. And we saw the great... Uh, 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 
canal that was dug on the, by the hands of slaves under the Greeks and the Phoenicians. And, and we saw the, so many sp- glorious sights there. But on 19, in 1995, that day, that rainy day, we were on a bus and we came to a place just outside of Athens called Mars Hill. I'll never forget it. Cash Hamburgie was our director. Cash probably took more people to the Holy Land than uh, any other body of, during their lifetime or his lifetime. I'll never forget it. Cash grabbed the microphone. He had a gravelly voice, and he said, Now, folks, this is Mars Hill. And uh, he didn't sound that bad, but he said, This is Mars Hill, and he said, You may not want to get out here today. It's raining. And when he said Mars Hill, I leaped to my feet. I need another mic. All right. Okay, is that it? Okay. But anyway, I leaped to my feet, to the front of the bus I went. And I'll never forget it, Case said, where are you going, preacher? I said, I'm going to Mars Hill. I said, the Apostle Paul stood there and preached to a bunch of people that had a sign to the unknown God. And so I walked out there that day and climbed up on that hill and stood there in the place that they had marked where they supposed that the great apostle had stood and preached that day. I didn't care if it was raining or not. It felt wonderful to stand where that man of God had stood. And the great truth discovered here is that God himself must be found. He must be found. I want you to understand that there's an idea of the revelation of God, that sometimes people want God. They, Paul said to these people, you're superstitious. You, you, you really don't know what you're doing. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people, I believe in America, perhaps here today, that have went to church for years, been a member, been baptized, have been involved in religious things, but you really don't know the God of the Bible. You really don't know him. And I'll, I'll clarify that in a moment. You see, church membership doesn't save you. Water baptism doesn't save you. I told them Friday night over there, I remembered some years ago being in St. Joseph Hospital visiting with a dear friend. And as I started down the hall, I saw an older man sitting in the hospital room on the side of the bed with his feet on the floor and his head down in his hands sitting there looking at the floor. He was alone. It was a bleak-looking room. There was, there was not a flower. There didn't seem to be nobody with him. And it struck me that I should go in and say something to him. I walked in. I had a suit on. He supposed I was a doctor. Then I told him who I was. I was a preacher. And uh, I said, sir, I saw you sitting there, and I f- just felt to come in to offer prayer and to talk with you for a moment. He very politely thanked me and just dropped his head back down. And I said, he, he kind of inquired as to what was wrong, and he told me. And just out of my spirit, it just came. I said, are you saved? He looked at me almost with resentment and said, I'm a deacon in my church. I said, really? He said, I am. I said, but are you saved? He said, I joined the church and was baptized at eight years old. I said, Okay, but are you saved? He said, it was good enough for my family. And it ought to be good enough for me. I said, sir, do you know Jesus Christ personally? I said, if you die in this hospital, do you know you'll go to heaven? 
tears began to run down his face. And he looked at me and said, no, and I don't think anybody else knows it either. Oh, but there was a discovery about to happen. I took the word of God and shared with him the simple gospel that if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. And that you can be born again. And if you're in Christ, you're a new creature. And God's Spirit will rush in and let you know that you're saved. And after a little while of talking, I prayed with that old gentleman. And he gave his heart to Christ. And he was saved before I left that room. Oh, give him praise if you would. Hallelujah. I really think that life's greatest discovery is when people come to the, to the understanding that there is a real God, that he is the father of the creator of heaven and earth, that he loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, and that as Paul said in this text, that he's not very far from either one of us. Can I tell you, he's just a prayer away. Can I tell you, if you really want to know how to be saved and be born again, Jesus didn't say you have to join a club. He didn't say you have to shake a hand, get in a baptistry, sign a book, go through a catechism, go through some ritual. Jesus said simply, you must be born again by the Spirit of God. And he said the wind blows where it wants to. You can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going, but you can feel it. You know it real and so is everyone that's saved I can't point you to God I can't show you God but I can tell you he's here and he's real and he's alive in me hallelujah Woo! if you know him would you just shout a shout a hallelujah amen Job said that I find this problem with God sometimes I can't find him and sometimes people try to find him and in Job 23 and 8, he said, I go forward, but he's not there and backward, and I can't perceive him on the left hand where he doth work. I've seen where he's been working, and I can't behold him. I, I can't look at him. He hides himself. Say that with me. He hides himself. God has hid himself on the right hand that I cannot see him, but he knows the way I take. He knows who I am. He knows what I need. And as Nick had us singing this morning, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. And, and I thought no one, nothing else, no place will do. I need God. The greatest need of every life is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that only comes through repentance. Uh, what is repentance, preacher? It's not just a grief over sin or feeling sorry for sin, but repentance is the idea that I I need God so much, I'm willing to change the way I live. Turn away from my sin, turn my back on it, and walk toward God through faith in Jesus Christ and the finished work of the cross. I want to tell you, He is Lord. And you might say, you know what? People tell me this all the time. I thought about it this morning while I was getting ready for church, and I had one man in mind that says this to me often. Every time I try to tell him about the Lord and invite him to church and tell him he needs to be saved, you know what he says? He always says, well, I pray every day. Have you all had anybody say that to you? Well, I want to tell you, in this people planet we live in, 
two billion Muslims every day play, pray five times every day. A long, concentrated, dedicated prayer, but it's misplaced. They're praying to a dead man. They're praying to somebody that can't answer. And I'm going to tell you, your answer, amen, you might say, now I lay me down to sleep. And you might say, God is great and God is good. But what God wants to hear from you is, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I believe Jesus died for me. I'm willing to accept the fact he's alive today and he can save me. So come in to my heart. Hallelujah. That's what God's waiting to hear. Glory to God. So Paul says to these people, there's, there's this superstitious religion. There's this ignorant religion. People will pray and then go on cussing and drinking. Am I preaching all right? They'll pray and lust after other women, other men, or both. God help us. Are you hearing me? I'm here to tell you that this God is a holy God. And he said the wages of sin is death. And he's hiding himself because of man's sin. But when you come to the cross, he will in no wise cast you out. He will come into your life if you'll truly repent. Ooh, hallelujah. I said, you're a fanatic. No, I'm just saved, praise God. I'm just really saved. Is anybody in here really saved? How many of you know God? I found him, hallelujah. Life's greatest discovery was when I got saved. The greatest discovery. Let me, let me go on. You see, the greatest thing that can happen in any individual's life is to come to know God through this relationship with Jesus. Can I tell you, Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I want, to, I want you to understand this, that, that Jesus, or God, I'm sorry, God was not ever referred to as Father until Jesus came. He was referred to as Yahweh. He was referred to as Jehovah. He was called Elohim. He was Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, all these things. But those are all the names in the Bible of God in the Hebrew and in the Greek. But Jesus called him Father. In Matthew 14, 36, he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou will. Adam Clark in his cemetery said the word Abba, Father together. The word Abba is a Syriac word which intimates filial affection and respect and parental tenderness. Seems to have been used by our blessed Lord merely considered as a man by others to show his complete submission to the Father and his relationship with him and the tender affection which he was conscious his Father had toward him. It's like these babies and this one we just dedicated this morning. There's nothing any more precious to a man than to have his own child crawl up in his lap and caress his face and call him daddy. Hallelujah. Do you know that that's what Abba means? That's the connotation of it. It means that Jesus, when he looked up and said, Father, that's the official and, and the, the proper title of God to him. But when he said Abba, he was like a child saying, Daddy, oh God, I know you love me as much as a baby. Is anybody here in my 
what I'm telling you. I've got good news for you. The greatest discovery of life is that God is not mad at you. God is not sitting somewhere with a lightning bolt in one hand getting ready to fry you. He doesn't have a club ready to beat you over the head. He's not anxious to send you to hell. The scripture said he's not willing that any should perish. He's an Abba father. He's a daddy God. He's a God that wants to forgive you. But he's made it simple and plain. The only way you can come to this relationship is through what my only begotten son did on the rugged cross of Calvary. He shed blood. He laid down his life. And Isaiah said when God saw amen the travail and the suffering of Jesus on the cross he was satisfied that my sin and your sin and the sin of the world was paid for. Hallelujah. And if we'll go there we can be restored to relationship with God. With God. Holy I am the Lord and I declare unto you my word. I have declared unto you my name and made myself known to you. Hear my word, hear my servant. For I am God, I am your deliverer, I am your healer. I have come to set you free, I am the Lord. I will give you peace. You will find peace if you will turn to me. What you have sought for in the world you will not find until you come to me. You will never be satisfied until you know me. For I am the Lord God that delivers and saves. So trust me today and you shall find that that you've sought for, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Would you just raise your hands and praise him for a moment. Raise your hands and praise him. Hallelujah. Let me, let me try to be brief here this morning. I want to tell you something that there's a lot of bondage and fear in the world today. Can I just be real blunt with you and real plain? I'm a pastor. I probably preach as many funerals in this county as any other preacher does. And I don't say that, I'm not, I'm not boasting numbers. I'm just telling you that, that ministry oftentimes is dealing with pain and heartbreak and disappointment. And I've stood and looked at too many parents with broken hearts because drugs have killed their young people. You hearing me? I've, I've preached too many funerals. I've, I've, I've stood and watched too many parents sitting with, with seemingly uh, uh, no hope because something called drugs has come in and addicted their child and robbed them of their youth and stole their lives in their 20s, their 30s, and even in their teens. Why are you saying that, preacher? Because this world is given to bondage. Do you hear me? I look at it. I can't understand why anybody would take rat poison and battery acid and things that you put in cold medicine and I don't know what else, to, I don't know the recipe for cooking meth but it sounds pretty ominous to me and they would cook that stuff up and then put it in their body. Do you hear me? I had a man tell me one time, he said listen, when it comes to meth, it's not a matter of if it will kill them, it's a question of when it will kill them. Why would anybody do that? Why would anybody shoot heroin into their veins with a borrowed needle? 
that's been used by somebody else. Why would anybody snort cocaine up their nose and take prescription drug pills to the place that it controls their life? Because there is a spirit in this world of bondage. Do you hear me? There's a spirit of fear that leads to bondage. I'm feeling what I'm saying right now, Adam. Our youth have got to be delivered from the fear that is gripping our society. And the only thing that will ever set our society free, can I shout it, the only thing that's going to put the drug dealer out of business, it's not another law, it's not bigger jails. We've got a jail in this county built to hold 180. And I was there two weeks ago, and they said they had over 300. They're sleeping in the floors. And the jailer said most of them are because of drugs. It's a spirit that leads you into bondage. Into bondage, are you hearing me? How do you get free? Somebody say, Abba. Daddy. Daddy can help you. Daddy can deliver you. Listen, Romans 8 and 15 said, you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption. And we cry, Abba. Say it with me. Abba. We cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit itself then bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we're children of God, then we're heirs. Heirs of God. And join heirs with Jesus Christ. What's that mean? Let me explain it. Jesus said, listen, your problem may not be drugs. Your problem may be de- depression or infidelity. You may be hooked on internet pornography. Nobody knows you think. God knows. That's why I'm saying it right now. And you might, you might say, well, I, I just can't help myself. But Jesus said we become heirs with him. You know what we're heirs of? He said, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. And God has put all things under his feet. And if we live with him and serve him, we're going to reign with him. And he'll set you free by all that power that God has gave him. Woo! Oh, hallelujah. When I got saved... That night I went home and poured my liquor and my beer down the sink. I didn't give it to my neighbor. I didn't give it to my family. I poured that rot gut down the sink. I got rid of the filth. You know why? I got a hold of the power that set me free. Give him a shout of praise. I wonder if anybody in this house discovered the power of God that sets the captives free. Hallelujah. It's real. It's real. It's real. I want to shout it. It's real. My God, the power of God is real. Hallelujah. I've seen it sober the drunks, clean up the addicts. I've seen it make the harlot holy. I've seen it make the whoremonger pure. It'll change the homosexual and the lesbian. They say, you're straight. If we're straight, they must be crooked. Are you hearing me? I don't mean to be mean. I love the homosexual. I love the lesbian. But understand me, it's sin. 
It's not a political issue. It's not just a moral issue. It's the word of God says it's a sin. It'll take them to hell. Oh God, they don't need some slick-tongued politician to tell them it's okay. They need somebody to get them to the place where they can cry, Abba, Abba, Abba. And God will set them free. He'll set them free. He set me free. The old song said I was, my soul was distressed neath Jehovah's dread frown. And low in the pit where my sin dragged me down. I cried to the Lord from the deep miry clay. And he tenderly brought me to the golden day. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He put a song in my heart today. And it's a song of praise. Hallelujah. Sing it with me. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today. And it's a song of praise. Hallelujah. Life's greatest discovery is coming to know the hidden God, the unknown God. You see, Jesus said this in Matthew eleven twenty seven. 27. I'm hurrying. He said, all things are delivered unto me of my Father. All things. I want to say it again. All things are in the hands of Jesus today. He's not on a cross anymore. Last Sunday we celebrated he's not in a tomb anymore. Adam Ager, he's at the right hand of the Father. And he's making intercession for me and you, buddy. And whatever we need, he just looks to the Father and says, they're mine. <laughs> All things, he said, are you. everything, your, your needs, your health, your marriage, your finances, your, your, your spirit, your depression, whatever it is, everything. Tell somebody, turn around and tell somebody. Everything you need right in Jesus' hand. Amen. Right in Jesus' hand. What a God. All things, he said, are delivered to me by my Father. And no man knows the Son but the Father. Neither knows any man the Father except the Son. This is Matthew eleven twenty-seven, 27. And then he says, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. If you get to know this God, it'll be because Jesus takes you to him. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. They may arrest me because I'm not, I'm, I'm not uh, ecumenically sensitive one day. They, they, we've got a preacher out in the West that's got a religion they're calling Chrislam. He's got a Bible on one side of his pulpit and the Quran on the other. Lest anybody misunderstand what I'm saying, I want to make myself perfectly clear. The Quran is not fit to be in the same building with the Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Somebody told me, once you keep preaching like that, you're going to make the devil mad. I said, you've been mad at me for 36 years, ever since I got saved. He just got a poor way of helping himself. Because my God, I'm about to shout, my God is God. My Jesus is Lord. I've got the Holy Ghost. I've got the real thing. Woo! You'll shout, you'll feel better. Woo! I feel like I could run through a troop and jump over the wall right now. Other days, I feel like I've been drugged through the troop and thrown up against the wall, but I'm feeling pretty good right now. What a God. What a God. What a God. What a God. Hallelujah. He revealed him to me. He revealed him to me. Jesus in Luke 17 cleansed 10 lepers. Nine went on home shouting. One of them came back to praise him. Jesus, I cleansed ten. Where's the other nine? Just the strangers come back. And the Bible said, then the Pharisees demanded of him in Luke 17 and 20, when's the kingdom of God going to come? Man, we're seeing you cleanse lepers. Is this time for the kingdom? Are you hearing me? Let me, can I say that? I got to hush, but I've just got some preaching in me. I got to get out. Everybody run around looking for a miracle, looking for a sign, looking for a wonder, chasing after those things. Would you hear this preacher? Jesus set this record straight. They said, well, man, we see you healing lepers. When's the kingdom going to come? He said, you're looking at the wrong thing. You don't need to be looking at the miracles and the signs and the wonders. You need to be hearing what I'm telling you about the kingdom of God. And then he says, because the kingdom of God doesn't come by observation. Get that in your spirit. Luke 17, 20. The kingdom of God cometh not by observation. Then he said, neither shall they say, lo here or lo there. Look here, look there. Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. The question is, how do you get it in you? Since Jesus came into my heart. Come on, help me, Nick. Get up and play some music. Since Jesus came into my heart, floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart, Will you sing it with me? Since Jesus came into my heart, since Jesus came in, y'all ain't singing, my heart floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart, it's real simple. He that has the Son has life. My God. People with traditions and superstition. Chris McGuire told me the night he said, I preached from that text one time. 
Paul preaching at Mars Hill. I said, really? I said, well, he said, yeah. He said, I titled it Looking for Life on Mars. <laughs> and ain't that just like a lot of people? We've got NASA scientists who are sent rovers and probes to Mars trying to see if it's sustained life. You know, last week they said they found another planet. Isn't that amazing? And they said, it's so many billion, whatever, light years or miles or trillions or something like that. I can't fathom that kind of talk. But they said, we believe it could sustain life. Everybody's all happy. I'm thinking, you big dummy, or you think you're going to go there or something? How are you going to get there? Let me tell you about life. Life is in a man. Life is at the cross. Life is in Jesus. Life is eternal. I tell people all the time, this living for God, you know, you don't get rich doing it, but the retirement plan is out of this world. Hallelujah. It's out of this world. Somebody told me the other day there was all these yard signs up around everybody running for office. And I was we was out running around, and everybody seen me was stopping and talking to me. And, hey, Brother Moody, shake my hand. And one of our brothers said, You ought to run for office. Why? I've already got the office. I've got the best job in the world. I get to bring people to the Son of God and let them live forever. I wouldn't, I wouldn't step down to live in the White House. That, that'd be a step down. Are you with me? I'm telling people about the only one. Life's greatest discovery. Oh, I had a lot of other things I wanted to preach. But there's some things that only come by revelation. Jesus said, or, or the writer of Proverbs said, where there's no vision people perish and in Hebrew originally that said where there's no revelation where things are not revealed God things the people cast off restraint they'll live anyway except God's way can I ask you something are you living God's way I'm not asking you if you've joined the church or shook a preacher's hand or signed a book I'm asking you have you came to the cross of Calvary by faith walked forward in the church and said, Preacher, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe He died for my sin and paid for Him. And then they buried Him and He rose the third day and He has the power right now to take me to the Father and forgive me while He's there. Paul said, if you can believe that and confess it, hear me, you can be saved. Oh, that's the greatest discovery in the world. Because if you're saved, you're going to live forever. And you're not going to hell. And sin will no longer have dominion over you. You can get free from the drugs, the booze, the lust, the perversion, the filth, the bondage of the world. You might say, I've never done any of those things, but you're still going to hell if you're not saved. You must be born again. Do you know him? His name is Jesus. Say it with me. Jesus, do you know him today? 
please don't turn him away. Bow your heads, please. Father, right now it's in Jesus' name. And said I. Hope you enjoyed today's message and will tune in again next time. Raising the Standard is the media ministry of the Richmond House of Prayer in Richmond, Kentucky. For more information on the various outreaches and ministries of the Richmond House of Prayer, please visit our website at www.rhop.life. Thanks for listening.